Full transparency. I understand the world better than anyone. There's sounds in the sky. The rapture is coming. Yeah. There's lizard people out there. We had a shop in Mormon when we lived in Mormon. Our family was in Mormon. Full fists are swinging by my face. I'm like, and then he would just kind of go on these little rants or tangent, tangent, whatever the word is. Nothing that's great in life is is easy, you know? Yeah. There's a nice quote that I feel like you're on your way to say. <laughs> We're live. How are you, sir? Fantastic. Much better than last episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know what's funny? What's that? Antonio Brown, AB, yes, recently sir. walked off the field. And I think you and I both listened to the at least a part of Antonio Brown on the Full Send podcast. Mm-hmm. So I don't know much about, fo- f- about football. I don't watch it at all. I hardly even know who Antonio Brown is. I don't know if he's a quarterback, a running I don't even know. I'd never heard of him until that. Podcast. Yeah, so that's how little I know. And I think he's like the a GOAT. Big deal. He's a big deal. Apparently he walked off the, the stage because the coach told him to fuck off. And so he just walked off, took his shirt off and just like quit. He had an injury or something. Anyway, he goes on the Full Send podcast right after so he's probably like not himself. Maybe he's like a little bit like, I don't know, like pissed off or something. Not in a good headspace to be doing a podcast. He does the episode and like you and I both were like, fuck this guy. Like he's a narcissist and like kind of an asshole. Like these full send guys were like trying to crack jokes or like say something funny. And he was taking it super personal. He wasn't picking up on like their jokes. <clears throat> and then fast forward, like a week later, I hear him on impulsive different person so he had like a week of like maybe gathering himself and not being so emotional about what happened and it was like on this podcast i didn't like him at all he was a narcissist he was speaking from like third person being like when antonio brown wants to do this antonio brown does this and just like all the ego all the ego ego. on impulsive he was like chill cracking jokes like logan was kind of like like chirping him a little bit and he would just laugh it off like i was kind of getting like good vibes from him and so i was like because the last episode i was like like really hard on myself because i wasn't in a good headspace because i was so like emotional still about that guy at the fence that i came off as like like almost like a different person than what i normally am uh what i normally am on like a a light day when i feel lighthearted. yeah and so yeah it's like with this podcast man Sometimes you just show up and you're off. And Antonio Brown, it's like I, I was like watching him from the from how different he was. And I'm like, oh, Two we've been yeah. there before. Yeah, it's like we've done a podcast where it's like maybe you're feeling a little bit off. You're like, fuck, like I, I got to show up still. And Antonio Brown said he was going to do the full send. So he just shows up. And now if I didn't watch Impulsive, I would still think he's a shithead. Mm. But because I gave him a second chance and I listened to the other one, I'm like, he, I, he's pretty chill, actually. Like he yeah. was funny in this one. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's just crazy how different we can be on a good and a bad day. So you don't want people to listen to our last episode and just that one. Dude, so I just did, I just did Callie Youngstrom's podcast yesterday and she was like, where can people reach you? Like, so I'm like, yeah, just like Instagram, TikTok, whatever. And I was like, Ryan and I have a podcast, like Mindful Ninja's uh, podcast, but I was like, just don't listen to the last episode. (laughs) (laughs) She started laughing and I was like, yeah, just don't listen to the last one. I was in a pissy mood. Oh man. Uh, Do you know what my thing is? Like... I, I know you've been upset with yourself for things like that. Maybe you get triggered on a political topic or something and you come off maybe a little more intense or angry than you'd normally be. My thing is, is just trying to get a point across and there's just a lack of substance. 
And it, you, after you're like, I sounded like an idiot. And especially the thing where I keep saying like, mm. I know better than that. But when I listen to myself, see, I'm trying to talk very slow right now <laughs> because I don't want to say it again. So I'm going to try to just slow things down today and just be present, be yeah. dialed in and listen and forget about my list and just, <laughs> yeah. just have a, have a conversation. Yeah, man. It's funny. Like we're all, I'm sure a lot of people are like that, but that's why I like that we're getting reps in and doing this podcast. Cause like, like I said before in my head, sometimes I'm so funny. I have the best joke. <laughs> I explain things perfectly yeah, in my head. Yeah. And then I turn, I hit record and I'm like, dun, 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 and nothing comes out smooth. It's not very funny. Like I said something about your mom one time, like we were talking and I said something that was like intended to be just funny, but it came out as like, just kind of like rude about your mom. And I listened, listening to the episode, I'm like, fuck man. Like my tonality was off. And so it made, it made me seem like I was just being like an asshole. I was like, I hope your mom didn't like see that and be like, oh, he's <laughs> Jesse's kind of a fucking asshole. It's subtle, man. The art of communication. Like you said, a little bit of tonality will throw it off. Yeah. Or you just use too many words. It sounds clunky. And so it's, it's practice. I tried to get some good content for today's podcast, buddy. I went to the sauna. Okay. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's funny, man. I sometimes will go to the sauna just hoping somebody's in there. Anybody, <laughs> anybody want to share your dark secrets with me? Lawson or Harry Bailey? Um, I've been going to Lawson because it's a little bit more comfortable for me to park in that area for whatever reason. Um, yeah, sometimes Harry Bailey just got some sketch bags in there, and yeah, I just don't like it. Yeah. So I've been going to Lawson. So I went. I went to Lawson yesterday. No, day before yesterday. I go to the sauna again, hoping somebody's there. I walk in. There's an old guy there. I'm like, oh, sweet. I'm going to fucking, I'm just going to start talking to him. I'm going to be that guy, there, <laughs> you know? Because at first I sat there, my eyes were closed. I actually didn't really want to have a conversation, but I'm like, fuck, who knows? Maybe this old guy's like got a crazy story. So I'm just going <laughs> like, to fucking say hi, yeah. <laughs> you know? So I'm like, how you doing? Like, what, what brings you in today? You know, it's so funny. Hey, it's like an innocent conversation. So it seems, but really I'm just trying to pry out all his dark secrets to share it on a podcast. <laughs> but, totally. but yeah, so I'm talking to him and yeah, he just said that his, his wife was in there doing like a aerobics, like a water exercise. You know, they got the person with the mic and there's a bunch of older women in the water, like just working out. Yeah. She had like a bad brain injury. Um, like 16 years ago. And so she's been like rehabilitating ever since then. And anyway, like we were just kind of having small talk and I was like trying to like get shit out of him, but there, there wasn't like a whole lot of a dirt happening. He was yeah. more um, concerned with like my physique than anything. Okay. Yeah. The old guy was like, so like, what do you do? Like, what do you eat? Like, like do you lift weights? Yeah. Um, but one thing that I did ask that I was just like, um, cause he was saying that this was his second marriage and he's been with this woman for 25 years. And I'm like, you got any like advice for a, for a young lad? Like, you know, like in a committed relationship, wanting to like build it, like you, like any, any tips. And he was like, it was kind of funny. He just went right to, so he, he's, it's a second marriage. And a lot of the times people already have kids. And so he was dating this woman that already had four kids. Mm -hmm. Two of them are like doing really well. The other two are like full grown adults, but like they, apparently they have to like, they're like zapping their life savings to fund these like 40 and 50 year old kids. Mm -hmm. So they're like, you could tell that when he said it, like that was the one thing that was really <laughs> hurting the relationship. You hit his hot button. 
Yeah. Was the financial thing. So like I, I could tell right away, I'm like, Oh, so like that, that's a big thing. Like finances. Cause I told him what Kevin O'Leary said and I'm like, I, I forget what the percentage was, but he was like saying how like 80 to 90% of relationships end because of money. It's exhausting yeah. to fork over. Like, dude, he said that every month, the one, his wife's kid who lives in um, Spain, I think they, they send $5,000 a month to that person. And I'm like, that's a lot of money. That's 60 grand a year, sir. To be sending a 40 year old person. Yeah. And I think just because they're going back to school, these people, their kids were really well off. Dude, he said they had private jets. Like they were loaded. Oh. And something happened with their business during a tough time in the economy and it just they lost everything. Mm. So they're like trying to rebuild, they're going back to school, and they're just literally funding like seven years of a degree to get this person back on their feet. And I'm like, man, that sounds really stressful. And yeah. he's like just shaking his head. Oh, man. Yeah, it is. It is. He's like, I love my wife. We're we're great together. Yeah. He's like, we work out like four hours a day. Like we'll come here, we'll go for walks, hikes, like you name it. We're always active. But he's like, that's the one thing that that's really training us. I'm like, shit, well, appreciate your honesty. I'm going to share it on a podcast. <laughs> that's an ugly thing to fight over money, man, with your, with your loved one. It really is, yeah. man. It really is. It's tough. You know, it's like you care about your kids, but it's like, remember what, um, I don't know if you heard this one, but Kevin O'Leary had like a really strict rule of stopping the funds as soon as you are done educating yourself. So if you, if he has yeah. kids, as soon as you're done university or whatever, like online course, anything you're doing to, to get education, it stops. He's like, you will live on the streets before I fund another venture. If you like break mm -hmm. a leg and you need to go to the hospital, like I'll, I got you. But like, if you're just like struggling to get your shit together in some way, like I, I can't help you. I don't want to, um, like hamper your progress. I want you to feel that fire under your ass. Like you got to fucking make it work. You know, do you know when you become free from your parents is when you're no longer taking money from them. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's people who maybe their parents still, and not at our age really anymore. I hope I'm sure there is, but mm -hmm. you know, when you're in your early twenties and maybe you, you know, a friend whose parents are still paying their phone bill or they're, they're helping them in certain ways. And then they complain about their parents and you know, they still have some, some rule over their kids, but it's like, you got to be self-sustaining to be free. Yeah. If you're still taking handouts, it, it's on you. Yeah, man. Yeah. Especially, yeah. The older you get, the more, yeah. I mean, obviously like things happen and times are tough, but what yeah. you said was that they got so used to that lavish lifestyle and that's, that's what was the challenging part was like trying to get these people to live like you should be living. Yeah. You don't get to fly private anymore. You don't get to live in these big houses and drive fancy cars. Like go live in an apartment, like get an Uber walk. Yeah. Like you have to like lower your, your way of life, yeah. you know, but I, I don't think they're willing to do it. So mom's just like, here's five grand a month for the next seven years. Yeah. There goes my, um, uh, retirement, man. I'd be living in a van eating tuna. Yeah. Doing the damn thing before asking my parents for money. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, so yeah it's it's kind of fun, hey. Like sometimes I don't feel very social, but I like the environment of a sauna, especially if it's just me and one other person. Mm -hmm. You know, I kind of like that. <laughs> it's funny when I go to a sauna, I'm there like I'm chilling, and usually when someone's like, "So how'd you do this or that?" I'm just like, 
like I kind of don't want to talk when right. I'm in a sauna. And sometimes you get talking and you have a good conversation. Unless I'm with like you or a friend, obviously you talk. Right. But I like to kind of like dial in and have like Zen time in the sauna, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I do too, but I'm, I feel like I'm pretty good with like social intelligence. If I felt like that guy was like, yeah. like giving me short answers, but he exactly. was like asking about my physique exactly. and like yeah. he was interested in Muay Thai. Yeah. So then I'm like, okay, this guy wants to have a conversation. Yeah. It is interesting. That's one of my favorite things about traveling in general is just the random um, interactions you have with people. Like when I was in Hawaii, I was walking by myself to this mountain to do this mountain hike. And this guy all of a sudden kind of caught up to me, this like 50 year old man. And he was from Australia and we had to talk about him and his wife and his family for half an hour. We just walked alongside each other. And then next thing you know, we went our separate ways and never seen him again. Yeah. But we had this little moment where we were very open with each other, talking about life, yeah. why I'm traveling, where he's at, why he's traveling. And then you say adios and it's just kind of, it makes you feel good. It charges you up a bit. It's kind of cool. Like we talked about this before, but like when it's a stranger and you know that you're probably not going to see them again, you get more vulnerable and you're willing to share things that you might not with anybody else. But you're like, I'm not going to see this fucking person anymore. So like, Hey, I killed someone two months ago. <laughs> They're going to be like, Oh fuck, you know? Yeah. And then you just never see them again. I didn't actually kill someone. <laughs> a liberating thing about traveling is, um, and I don't really do this, but Technically, you could go somewhere and be whoever you want to. You could you could go to whatever, Europe or California. Most likely, you're not going to run into anybody you know. Nobody knows who you are. You can be whoever you want to be. And it, there's that freeing feeling. But then you just, I don't know, I kind of just be myself, right. you know, and with my flaws. But it's kind of cool knowing that you can be whoever you want. You know, you know it's funny. Like, it's, yeah, it'd be weird because I've been watching Peaky Blinders. Yeah. They, like, this, uh, the main character, he dresses really sharp. But he dresses, you know, it's like in the, that movie, the show is kind of in the, um, like, 1915. I think it's like, yeah, 1920s kind of thing. Yeah. So they're dressed like the olden days. Yeah. Be cool to like go travel somewhere and just dress like that. <laughs> the fucking cycle. Yeah, yeah, it's like around here. Like I can't show up with like a pocket watch yeah. and like one of those like fucking like weird little hats. I don't know what they're called. They always yeah. have those hats on, you know. But in the in the show, they have razor blades in them. So like when somebody disrespects them, they just take it off and just Jesus. have a little backswing and they'll slice people's faces. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, that's ridiculous. That's awesome. Think how think how cool that would be though. Let's say you were really you're a big introvert. You're a really shy person not good with social interaction and then you went and traveled by yourself and you made it your goal i'm going to be an extrovert i'm going to talk to random people i'm going to introduce myself i'm going to give out my number i'm going to start up conversations in coffee shops it'd be a cool thing and that would be the that would be the place to try it when nobody knows you but for sure what is that like what hey like yeah you just get like people are used to a certain version of you so you just kind of like fit into that role. Like maybe, yeah, you won't speak a certain way because that's not how you normally spoke. But if you traveled somewhere, you'd almost sudden like be more of who you are. Do you know what it's like? Let's say we did this podcast and we didn't share it on Facebook, Instagram. Nobody locally knew it, but we put it out there so everyone else in the world can see it. There'd probably be no insecurity because it would seem like these people aren't real people. Right. But right. If, if we put the podcast out to... Facebook, our aunties, our friends, our old men, everybody's going to see it. And then we feel this insecurity of, are they going to judge? What are they going to yeah. think? Because they're familiar to us. Right. That, that's what, I, did we talk about this before? That's what Gary was saying 
Gary Vaynerchuk was saying that he's seeing on TikTok and I'm experiencing mm-hmm. it as well. Yeah. Like I've been on Instagram, people know who I was, but then all of a sudden I started like these two other TikTok accounts, like clean slate. I didn't like reach out to people on Instagram or Facebook to try to like follow these Add pages. Your contacts. I literally just yeah. started with zero followers yeah. and I was like, I'm just going to post shit. So I was posting silly catapult videos. I was like posting just <laughs> random shit. And, and like, I just, it was like really like myself. Whereas Instagram, sometimes I'm kind of like, oh, I don't want to post that on here. It's not the right platform because I'm scared of maybe other people's opinions that are already like used to a certain type of Jesse. It's, it's totally real because you'll make little clips of this podcast and I basically, basically give you free reign to put it on TikTok. Right. I feel like it's not real. Right. But we hold back on Instagram or Facebook. Right? Yeah. It's funny. Cause yeah, we get, we get some, uh, we get like a lot of good feedback on our TikTok, but it, this is a little bit off topic. It's just funny how desensitized we are. So we, we, I shared a clip of you talking about when you went to Hawaii and you walked past those gangbangers and the guy had a gun in his hand and you just like looked and you're like, Hey, and you just kept walking. It's pretty wild. Like to walk past someone in like a broad daylight holding a handgun, pretty fucked up for a Canadian guy. Yeah. <laughs> but the people in the comments were like, that's it. And I, I would respond to something like, like, do you want us to get shot? And it like, <laughs> then make a video. Yeah, dude. Like, it's like, man, somebody had a fucking gun. Like that's pretty intense to just be walking around. But I guess in some places they're like, yeah, it's pretty standard. Like yeah. in Texas, they're like, you're pussy. Yeah, for in sure. Canada though, we're like, Jesus, man. Yeah, it's crazy. People are packing heat in the grocery store in Texas or Arizona. Yeah, it's just yeah, thing, but crazy. Um, I went to my parents last weekend, and I, I might have mentioned this on here before, but once a year, a close college friend of mine, he comes out every January. It's it's a tradition now. He buys elk meat from. Actually, my godfather, but he's, he's kind of like an uncle to me. Fuck, I love elk meat, man. Oh, it's so good. I just cooked up a big liver before this. Liver? Yeah. I've been on a liver kick lately. Yeah. I like it. Young liver, liver king. king. <laughs> Eat liver and do all the steroids <laughs> and you'll look like me. Yeah. yeah. It's so funny when somebody's like, it's all I knew is like, eat liver. Hey, man, what about the other ingredient? <laughs> steroids, you know? Man, that guy's... <laughs> There's, there's no way in the world that that guy's not on all the steroids. Oh, yeah. Not hating on him. I, you know what? He's clearly getting success. He's got an insane physique. Good yeah. on him. But it's, uh, it's not just the liver and the organ meat. Yeah, it's just <laughs> funny when people just don't admit that part. When, like, when you've been like, in that, that world before, like you've lifted weights. Like, you know how hard it is to put like, serious weight on. And then when you see someone who's just like, yeah, like I just eat like chicken and rice. Like I sleep seven hours a night. Like, 14 eggs a day. Yeah. That's the secret. Yeah. And drink fish guts. He has like a fucking fish that he's squishing its butthole. Suck the eggs like, out of the fish's yeah, asshole. Dude, it's like, man, like you're on roids. That's why you're big. You could be shoveling cheeseburgers down your throat. I'll give back to my weekend, but just cause we're on this topic, it's exhaust to have a physique like that, like an extremely bubbly yoked Jack physique is so exhausting to me because I it's... you're going to say like your physique, like to have a physique <laughs> like mine is exhausting. Like girls are all over oh, me, man. like to maintain this physique. <laughs> but it's like the amount of resources you need to constantly be taking in is, is insane. Like to, to run that operation, to have those like massive bubbly pecs and popping belts. It's like, you got to be taking in like constant carbs oh. and protein and, it's it's exhausting, like I said. That's why when you see guys like um, Yoel Romero and who's the pretty boy fought out Asanya. Oh yeah, um, Paulo Costa. Yeah, Costa, <laughs> Costa. Um, those two guys yeah. don't know how you're doing it, 
but you're sneaking something in there. I, I find it very hard to believe that they're not on something illegal. I just feel like they're on something that isn't being detected by USADA right now. That's my, that's my take on that. Is it possible to have a UL Romero or Paula Costa physique while you're training the conditioning that you need for MMA without taking some type of a steroid? Especially, Is it possible? You'd have to be an outlier, especially at the age of Yoel Romero. Yeah. He's 41 years old. But like In Cuban years, that's like 30. Yeah, yeah, you don't really know. Eh? But, yeah, you're right. It's insane to carry that amount of, of, of sh- like mass. And uh, Rogan mentioned how the doctor who did something to Yoel Romero's eye after the fight, he, 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 he asked Dana White, he's like, where did you get this guy? And Dana's like, you know, like, you know, what do you mean? UFC fighter? He's like, no, like, where did you get this guy? The tendons in oh. his, like, eye, like in his retina, the tendons behind his eyes were the biggest size that this doctor had ever seen in his life from like 30 years of working on eyes. He's like, I've never seen, like, these are twice the size of like a large, normal human tendon. So they're like, this guy is a genetic freak wow. in Yoel Romero. So I wonder if guys like those two are insane 1% genetic freaks or if they're just they haven't been caught like you yeah. said I would say the latter personally yeah but who knows who knows yeah who, who knows? knows anyway weekend at mom's parents. so it's tradition he comes down he buys elk and um, we we have drinks we, we play poker we have two nights and it's see you next year bitch it, yeah. it's me and this guy we left college together whatever it is now 12 12-ish years ago and we, we probably talk on the phone every couple months, um, but we see each other once a year, twice, maybe every now and then if it's a good year. And we just, we still somehow have like such a good connection. Hmm. Like he'll be in my wedding party. He's that type of a best buddy. Yeah. And he lives in, he lives five hours away. So, but um, not everybody's the same. You know him because you've met him. He's a different motherfucker. He is one of the funniest people I know and it's kind of unintentional, but right. I was just thinking before this podcast of a few things he said and um, he knows me. He knows I don't like to drink much. He knows I'm healthy. I'm on top of my shit, but he knows when I, when he comes every January, I'm willing to sacrifice for a night and have some drinks, with him, you know, but um, we're sitting there playing poker Friday night last weekend and he's feeling good at this stage. We're all having drinks and you know, he gets up, because we're going to whatever, pour a drink in the middle of the poker game. And he's just, he's just like, to my dad, he's like, you know, Don, you have a cock the size of Ethiopia. <laughs> and he just sets his cup down and goes to the couch. <laughs> and me and my dad are looking at each other like, what the fuck? Does your dad laugh at that type of stuff? Oh, yeah. Because like, I, I feel like as a, like an older person, you're always treated with a certain type of respect. Like people almost don't want to goof on you too much because they're like, you know. Authority you're, figure. Yeah, you're like an authority figure. You're a parent. And so when like this young guy just treats you like one of the dudes, one of the boys, it probably almost feels good. You're like, oh, this is awesome. Like this guy's oh, like, we're having like a good little banter here. Totally. Yeah. The amount he makes my parents laugh in the weekend and he treats them just like me. Mm-hmm. He doesn't hold back. He's not a different version of himself. And I do think they appreciate it. And we're all just laughing the whole weekend. But you know who else is like that? Who's that? Josh Payette. Yeah. My dad, I remember yeah. he always said when they had the ESO, his, his family or like grandparents had the ESO in the corner yeah. there in Mormon. My dad was like, of all your friends, he's like, I, I love that Josh guy. 
he's just uh, something about him. But it was like he would like he would just like crack jokes. He'd like make fun of something that my like was on my dad's truck, and like my dad would be like, kind of totally. caught off guard. But it's like he's just being genuine. Totally, and he's another guy that has that relationship with my parents. When I was probably in grade twelve, I had some people over, and my parents were there, and Josh Josh Pye was there, and Josh is like to my dad, he's like. He's like, Donald, come here, come here. I want to show you something. I got some gum on my jeans. And he has his ball sack pulled out and stretched out of his, out of his zipper. And he, my dad <laughs> looks. But yeah, the bowing. My dad looks and obviously laughs his ass off. But not a lot of people are willing to do that to parents. And my dad's not like, you know, he's a, he's a funny guy. He's got a good sense of humor. But he's not pulling his nuts out and showing his buddies. Yeah, like he's, he's not that type of guy that's. Like, he's pretty conserved, you know, right. even though he's got a good sense of humor. So for somebody like Josh or, or my other friend to do that and say those kind of things, is it throws him off and it's pretty funny. I feel like that never leaves men. Like, that type Just of stupid shit. shit. Farting, always funny. Totally. Pulling your nuts out, funny. Totally. Like, dick jokes, like, that's all fucking funny. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh, man. Three more things, because I was thinking before this of three things that that my friend said that are just absolutely ridiculous. So a girlfriend I had a girl I was seeing like long, long, a lot of years ago. I don't know why she said this, but she's, you know, we're out and she met, she met my friend obviously. And she's like, uh, so do you think Ryan's lucky to be with me? And he looked at her and he's like, huh, you're fucking lucky to be with Toman. <laughs> that's a man that has your back. I was like, good friend. Yeah. Like, good man. <laughs> and then another thing, him and his, we, we went to this wedding probably five years ago. Um, him and his wife were there, my friend, and I had a date. So me and a girl, my friend and his wife, and we're after the wedding, you know, we're feeling good. We're going back to the hotel. We're just about to walk into the door. I'm like getting the car to open the door to the hotel room. And so we're just standing there in the hallway and he looks at my date and he's like, you know, you got some really nice fucking tits. <laughs> right in front of his wife. <laughs> like no filter. And it, the, so it's interesting, hey? Like it was probably like a, a genuine, honest compliment. It was. Yeah. And like some people probably take a lot of offense to that. Like they'd maybe be creeped out. But it's like when you know him you know his heart is so big and his intentions are so good that I don't know how she responded, but I bet she was kind of like fucking laughing. Well, and was like, thanks. Luckily, yeah, she, she understood that it, he, it was genuine and right. maybe it was inappropriate, but we're drinking, we're having fun. It was just a real compliment. So she like laughed. You got to be careful with that, hey? Because like I, I feel like guys will compliment each other, like the, their body, but it's like you got to be careful when you're just a guy being like, to some girl being like, you got like nice legs. <laughs> Hey, like to yeah. give me like you got to read the room. And so here on that note, here's the last thing I was thinking about before this podcast that he said that just cracked me up. So with with the girl that said, so so do you think Ryan's lucky to be with me? And he said, you're you're lucky to be with Toman. We were in downtown Edmonton at a hotel when we were in college. So whatever, we're 20 years old, and it's me, this girl I'm seeing, and then my friend and this other girl's friend. So me and my friend and two girls, we're having wines. <laughs> we're having wines we're at the hotel we're feeling good having a genuine good time together and uh we don't know these girls too well like we've just started hanging out a few times and you know we're just, we just might have did a cheers or something and he's like you know it's really good to know you fucking bitches <laughs> and he actually offended the one girl oh no she's like and 
you would know who this girl is. Um, takes offense very easily. Let's just say know. that. Um, might have been the person that said you were, weren't very literate when we were younger. Said that you were just a bra and a meathead. Oh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, anyway, she yeah. got offended. She confronted him and we're just like, just, just relax. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But it's, but when he said that, I was like, man, you can't, like, you have to show some respect. You can't just say it's nice to know you, <laughs> you fucking read bitches. Yeah. <laughs> but some people, we have two friends and he's one included who I think would be phenomenal comedians, oh, but they yeah. just chose a different path in yeah. life. Man, you're talking about Aaron Symbolist. Yeah. I've, I've said it for years. I really wish that Aaron would have tried it once. I, I truly think that Aaron could be a, a phenomenal comedian. The way that he would find humor in things and the, like his, his body language, his facial expressions, oh, like his, his lack of filter. Like, man, he you need was, that dude. Like, I remember he was just the fucking guy that made us all laugh. Yeah. Like, and sometimes at other people's expense. But, like, that's what comedians do. Like, nobody's off limits. And I remember... That's it. And I remember hearing this one, um, this person... So, they, they were goofing on handicapped people. Like, they were just going hard. Like, roasting people in wheelchairs and with, like, autism and blah, blah, blah. And this person came up to them that was in the, uh, the audience who... I forget what, um, um, like, impairment they had or, like, what their issue is. But they were like, hey, I love that you're roasting us. It makes us feel a part of society. It makes you feel normal, right? Yeah, like when it's like there's this one topic like you can't make fun of gay people or you can't make fun of black people or whatever the thing is. You almost feel excluded and it's like this like kind of shitty. So I like when comedians are like, none of you are getting out of this. You're yeah. all getting it. That's like that Tom Segura bit when there's that person in the wheelchair and he says everybody talks to them like this. <laughs> You know, and they're like, I'm just a normal person. Like, talk to me like a human. Right. But it's like we all kind of tiptoe around certain people or subcultures and we just need to treat them extra special. But that's not what they want. They yeah. want to be treated like a human. Yeah. But that's the thing about comedy and comedians is there has to be humor in everything or else yeah. what, what, are we, what are we doing? Yeah. And they touch on things that we all think about, but we're all too scared to say. Right. And you can do it in a way that's not disrespectful or belittling. But you're just finding humor in it, right? Yeah. And that's the that's the the scary thing as a comedian to try it because if it's not funny, it's offensive. You gotta have balls. Right? Like look what Kramer did, like saying the N-word over and over again. Like I don't know if he was trying to be funny, if he thought that aggression would like come off as like, oh, this wild comedian. But it's like, no, that's super disrespectful. You're yeah. a fucking asshole. Yeah. Right? But it's like if you do it funny. So a good example, shit, I'm gonna forget the guy's name. Aaron turned me on to this guy. It was, I think it was one of the first things we watched together when we first started dating. Oh, what's his name? He's a young comedian. He had a Netflix... Was it a Netflix special? Anyway, one of his last bits was about rape. Very funny. I laughed very hard. So did Aaron. So sometimes we think like you, like you can't joke about rape. Yeah. This guy had a friend that was actually brutally raped. He came to her first before doing the special and he, he talked to her and he said, I have this joke. Do you think this is funny? Yeah. Do you think I could do this? And it was a very like, it was a very, it would, it would raise a lot of questions, but like a good comedian does, it makes you think, it makes you contemplate different ideas and then you get punched with the humor at the yeah. very end. Yeah. And he did a fantastic job and he kind of talked about like the conversation he had with his friend before doing this. And like, man, I just, when I heard that, I'm like, 
oh, nothing is off limits if it's funny and if it's done properly. Mm, but done he was properly. he was very clever with it, you know. So yeah, it's like he talked about this subject that is very dark and like I like I don't want to talk about that shit. But he did it in a way yeah. that everyone thought it was funny. Yeah. If you can't bring up things like this at a at a comedy show, like when is when can you talk about these things? Yeah. It's, yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> it's yeah. I'm not even going to talk about it. Never mind. Um, on, on the weekend topic, did I can't remember if I asked you, did you watch any of the fights? There's the Francis and Gano card. You said you watched some of them, right? I did. I fell asleep. It was too fucking late for me, but I, I did watch, um, I watched the, the one girl who got rocked and then arm barred the, that was sick, the yeah. girl, which can I talk about that? Yes. <laughs> it was awesome. I think that was the first one I tuned into that fight. And this girl, she gets rocked with like a huge punch. And yeah, I thought she was going to get finished. And she kind of like grabbed hold of the girl and eventually like snuck in like a beautiful arm bar. And then she, she's celebrating. She jumps up in the air and lands in like the full splits, just boom. And then like pops back up to her feet. And then you can, she, you can see she's pumped or whatever. And then she gets even more excited when she turns around and sees Joe Rogan. Like that was like literally the highlight of the night. Not even her just winning like, I don't know, probably fight of the night or like whatever, however much money she was winning. Uh, for the fight and just winning the fight itself she was more pumped to see joe rogan so she jumps in his arms you know and had they have like this cool little moment and then at the press conference they're like like what's your background like how you jumping up and doing the splits like that <laughs> she's like i was a stripper for 12 years <laughs> and she was like this is the first time that i quit stripping and just went full-time fighting uh-huh. and she's like my parents are super proud i went from a stripper to a cage fighter <laughs> <laughs> they're like oh, shit, what a rough for a parent to see your your daughter be a stripper for 12 years and then get into a cage and fight other Jeez, chicks you'd be like the fringe yeah man your heart would just be like god this is tough to watch wow. but like good on you're living out your dream she seems happy as shit and then rogan a couple idiots were like getting mad at him for groping her and people <laughs> like she jumped in his arms you people are stupid morons. people yeah. are so sensitive and so whiny stupid, right man but yeah that was a really cool fight a cool moment for her so i don't know if you've seen this um victor henry he he got called up to fight on two weeks notice i think and he fought this brazilian dude and he was i think it was on the prelims maybe the main prelim fight and he was the biggest underdog on the mm. card I saw a Roman post about it but I didn't yeah see so he trained out of josh barnett's gym and mm. unreal fight like just a striking war huh. he got rocked he came back rocked the guy it was it was a really exciting fight and um in the interview after they were asking him how it was coming on short notice and he just said he's like I'm a martial artist. He's like, I don't have to get ready because I stay ready. So I was ready for the call. They called me two weeks short notice. I was ready to come fight. Damn. And um, it, it's such a true thing. You know, there's a lot of guys who they train in seasons, but right. like a true martial artist is, is just what you do. You stay ready yeah. so you don't have to get ready. And I was just thinking about how cool it was for this guy. Like when you're... When you're in preparation, you never know when an opportunity is going to come and you just have to be ready to take it, even yeah. if it's not not at an ideal time. And it most likely won't be at an ideal time. But right. think about this. Two weeks prior, he didn't know he was going to have this opportunity. He had this opportunity. First first um, UFC pay-per-view of, of 2022. He has this awesome performance. He's getting paid. Rogan reposts him. Um, he's probably got a UFC contract now yeah. and your life changes because you were, because you were ready when the opportunity came, you know, 
And I was just thinking about, I went to this guy's page after Rogan posted him and I was just thinking about how cool that is to see, man. I love to see that shit. Same thing that happened to a guy in uh, BC who fought that uh, really flashy guy jumping off the cage. There's always the memes of him, like, when you're playing the video game, you don't know the buttons. He fought on this cartoon, yeah. Pereira. Yeah, 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 yeah Pereira. Yeah. That, that guy from BC took it on short, week, uh, short notice and beat him and got, like, fight of the night. And apparently the guy had his own gym in Vancouver. Right. And it just, like, it's doing real well now, nice. you yeah. know? And so, like, life life-changing, man. So... UFC was supposed to come here in June of 2020. Yeah, I remember that. And um, the pandemic happened, obviously. Yeah. Let's say you fought a couple times this year. Let's say you get a couple more wins. You have four. Let's say you fight two more times. You have four pro wins in a row. Um, What's your record right now? Four and two. Okay. Yeah. So you could, let's say you had a, a six and two record coming like mid later this year. Let's just say, let's say the UFC rescheduled, they came back here. Somebody pulls out on a card, they're looking for local talent in your weight division. There's a chance you could get the opportunity. Who else in Western Canada? Like, do you remember the ratings before the pandemic? Like, you were up there in your weight, right? I was number one in Saskatchewan for a while. Okay. That's kind of cool. But in in, uh, Canada, I think I was like, I think I'm like 46 in the lightweight division. So I'm like way back. On the back burner. But if it's in Saskatchewan and they want local people, then yeah, like I, I could have been the guy. Let's let's say this happened at end of this year and you got the call. It was like a two-week thing. Somebody backed out. It happened to be in your weight class. They had a contact with somebody like Kurt and through – would you take that? Oh, fuck yeah. 100%. Would you first be like who who is the opponent or would you just be like this is – this is? I think I would just take it. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, like that's an opportunity. It would almost make me laugh about my the yearbook story of like me not knowing what to do. So I just kind of was like, I'm just going to put like, I'll fight in the UFC. And it's like this weird thing that like maybe it was just in the back of my head and all of a sudden this opportunity came that I would just be like, oh, came to fruition. <laughs> would that be something? Yeah, although I, I would probably be like, like, Kurt, do you want to take this? Like, I know your hip's bad. Like, just fucking ram some like, shit <laughs> in your hip. Like, <laughs> 10 cortisone shots, some steroids, figure yeah. it out. Because yeah. I feel like he'd be the guy to do it. But yeah, I would I would definitely take it. Yeah. Yeah. Be crazy. Unless right? it was like a, a Russian guy with a shaved head and a beard. Yeah. And no mustache thing, just the bottom Yeah. Beard. Just yeah. That, that strap. I'd be yeah. like, I'm not interested. Yeah. <laughs> Getting grapple fucked for three minutes or totally, yeah. three rounds. But, but you know what it's like? Back to the consistency <laughs> thing with this, with this Victor Henry guy. I'm reading in that book, The Compound Effect right now. And it's so true. You know, it talks about... A little bit about the importance of consistency. And again, it's not a sexy thing. It's not what people want to hear that, hey, you know, the key to success in anything is consistency. But it's true. Like, No, it's not. It's actually the secret. All you have to do is think positively. Oh, you can do okay. anything. No work required. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, let's move on. Then. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but think about it. And it makes sense. And it's, it's true in any facet or any parallel. You fly from LA to Manhattan. I don't know what planes travel at, but let's say you're going a normal plane speed, but you're going direct flight. I think they're like 700 kilometers an hour. Okay, let's go with that. You take the same plane that leaves at the same time, but they have six stopovers, but they're flying like 10 times as fast. They're, fl- they're flying like whatever, you know, a thousand, 2000 miles per hour. <laughs> so <laughs> This is where I fall off. <laughs> but it's like with the stopping and starting, the person that flies straight there is going to get there way sooner, right? 
things take so much more energy to start up, you know, like, let's say, let's say you train really, really hard, but then you take three weeks off. Well, once you start training again, it's going to take you another three weeks just to get the engine rolling to get back where you were. Yeah. So that stopping and starting, it's not just the opportunity lost of the time you had off. It's the amount of energy and resources it takes to get going and get back to where you were again. And that's what I think a lot of people don't understand where consistency is like, you don't have to go balls to the walls every day, but if you just make it a lifestyle with whatever it is you're doing, you're so much far ahead in the long term. You don't always have to say like, oh, I got to get back into it. I got to jump back on the wagon. And it's, you know, it's funny, <laughs> just, uh, was it maybe two days ago, Kurt, like we got a bunch of people at the gym that like want to fight this year. And like, I think a lot of us, like I've expressed to Kurt, I'm like, I, I would like to fight this year. You know, like if you see something, like have an opportunity, like let me know. And I'm, I'm sure a lot of other people have, have said to him, but like I was sick for almost three weeks over the holidays and then I was good for like three days and then I got COVID. So like, I feel like <clears> I've been <throat> sick for a month Yeah, and like a lot of people have. And so Kurt was like, yeah, all these people are like coming at me like they want to fight, but like none of us are in shape. <laughs> so ready to fight. <laughs> yeah, like he's like, so like, like you said, like we're, we're trying to like get our lungs back and get that cardio yeah. back in and just get that grind going. Yeah. Like we all train all year round, yeah. but like we just, we took like, yeah, again, I've been sick for a while. So like, I feel like a lot of us are like having to start the engines again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's just funny hearing Kurt, like none of you guys are in fight shape. Like yeah. you got a ways to go. Yeah. yeah. Like I grappled for the first time with you the other yeah. day. I'm supposed to do like a flow round and then I just we went a little harder yeah. than I wanted to. Yeah. Um yeah, then I'm gonna do MMA today. So yeah, I gotta yeah. I gotta start getting the fucking joints and my muscles ready for grappling. Yeah, it's hard, man. It's hard work. That that's a very discouraging thing after grappling or something and you're like, I am so I am experiencing so much discomfort. I'm terrified about tonight. Oh man. Like rolling, sure. even like just like bigger guys. Like when I, I we went in and when you when I poked you in the eye and you had to sit out and like um John and Jake were like, You can jump in with us. I'm like, You guys are huge. Yeah. Like I'm 170 pounds. Yeah. You guys are like two plus. Yeah. It's a lot of weight for me to shoot for doubles yeah. and I get sprawled on. Dude. Like totally. fuck, man. Totally. I'm skinny. Yeah. I'm gonna start doing more of those MMA ones. I think I think I'd like to do more of the Friday ones too, though, just because I I want to keep the gi consistently going, like yeah. Kevin's Monday and Wednesday nights, and I don't want to do right. two on Wednesday. Um, man, there's so much, so much to take from those gi classes with him. Like, yeah, you know, for for me, it's good. So. Yeah. Um. Anyways, this trucker thing. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm gonna be honest with you. I I don't know too much about it. Is it? You probably know more about it than me, but. <clears throat> It's kind of hard to ignore. Like you said, it's probably the biggest thing going on in the world right now. And it's happening here in Canada. It's huge. Is it that they're trying to mandate truck drivers to get vaccinated in order to keep driving? And this is kind of like a freedom rally to to fight against that mandate? Yeah. So before I get into that, I do do want to say, so we talked about therapy the other day. I, I contacted Blue Cross to get like health insurance so that I, I apparently therapy is, is in this. I could go okay. to therapy and have like, you know, a few sessions paid for at least, yeah. which is cool. So I'm just waiting for them to get back to me because what I noticed was that my whole life until I was, until the pandemic hit, I avoided politics like the plague. And now since the pandemic and things are challenging and when things are challenging, you notice good leadership and bad leadership. And so I find myself like paying more attention to politics 
just because we're in like this crazy time where you're almost kind of forced to like it's just so yeah. it affects us like yeah. it, my stocks fucking tanked the other day mm-hmm. you know and so you 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 see like a real impact or your business gets shut down or whatever so i'm just been, i've been paying attention to it more um but it's bringing up these new emotions that i'm not used to it's like a white belt going to like grappling for the first time and you're just like not used to arm bars and getting choked and smothered and you're just like nervous systems through the roof mm-hmm. that's how i feel when i'm like watching po- political videos yeah. i get like i'll get triggered and it'll like kind of fuck me up or i'm not used to it totally i'm used to the van fucking up i'm used to physical injuries or whatever pr- problems <clears throat> i would normally have so i like with with therapy i would just i would just like to have someone to talk to and so like i'm trying to be proactive with that i actually contacted blue cross i'm gonna like try to like get a therapist lined up i think it'd be cool they'll have lots to talk about yeah. on the podcast too would you get a male or female or would you care i don't know aaron and i were talking about that i i in my head i know that just their energy is more important than all of that but i think i would like someone older that's I don't I don't think I would care if it was female or male. I just want someone Wisdom. that's older that's been through some shit. I don't want to talk to a therapist that's my age. Yeah, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, get you a know? nice Rolex and a nice suit on. And, yeah. yeah, like get your fucking paperwork out of here. I want someone that's been in seven divorces, yeah. been bankrupt. Like, yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? Totally like, do. I just want someone that has like a lot of like wisdom to. Provide. It's like having a life coach who's twenty seven years old. Yeah, it's like get out of here. <laughs> But, um, yeah, so anyway, um, with that being said, I'm going to try to talk about this stuff without too many strong opinions because I'm, I'm not very good at this stuff. Like I, you know, it's, it's really tough for me to like read about it and gather like strong opinions. Um, so yeah, I'm just going to try to like talk about this in the way that I've been seeing it and not get so fucking emotional about it. (laughs) So yeah, it's a big movement. Like I forget the number of, of truckers, but it, this is like one of the biggest convoys in the world. There, there was, it was like kilometers long of these truckers that were basically protesting mandates. They're not anti-vax because 85% of those truckers are vaccinated. Mm-hmm. I think they're like, they probably have kids. They, they probably have a lot of friends and family that just don't want it. And so they were protesting against mandates. That's what they were yeah. fighting for. Okay. And the U.S. was going to, like, partake in this as well. Um, and so, like, U.S. and Canada seem to, like, find this common ground. We're like, oh, we're going we're gonna to protest this. I think the cause is, is awesome. I, 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 I think it's cool when people can peacefully protest, which that's what they're trying to do. Um, one of the knocks that I've been seeing is that there was a GoFundMe page that generated like I think it's almost at five million people or five million dollars sorry the person the lady that started the GoFundMe apparently I don't I forget her name and I didn't look into this but apparently people are saying that she has ties to like a racist group that has been part of like um uh yeah just like white supremacy so once once people heard that story they did what a lot of people do you're all racist. Blanket statement story. Of course. The whole cause now is ra- a bunch of white racist truckers. Yeah. Go, and that is insane to me. Yeah. That you could just take this one person who conned a bunch of people, if this is true. So let, let's just say it is true. Exactly. She's a fraud. She, she conned a bunch of people. <clears throat> She's guilty. Nobody else, as far as we know, is guilty. They're still in it for a cause to fight against 
mandates. Mm -hmm. The cause is still real. The other knock on it is a lot of people are saying, this isn't what fighting for freedom looks like. And then they would show indigenous people protesting at their reserve, getting bear maced and toe hunted by police officers and having like these physical disputes, which has happened, which is disgusting. My issue with that is how the government responds to your protest has nothing to do with the protesters, right? Mm -hmm. If indigenous people protest and they get, they get like attacked that, that sucks. It's fucked up. But again, like we've been saying this whole time, the government can sometimes be corrupt. When the truckers protest and the government doesn't do a whole lot, they have police officers like escorting them actually and helping them. That's not the, that's not the protesters fault with how the government responds. How were the indigenous people protesting? Do you know? Peacefully, as far as I know. Just like walking with signs. Yeah. Walking with signs. Like people they, they were clean water. Like give, give them clean water. But I think the problem is like, I feel like the government can be very much like gangsters. If you don't have like a power move for them, that is a political power move. They don't care. But again, that's not the protesters fault. And so I think a lot of people like they'll, they'll hear this person that started the GoFundMe page or they'll say like, this isn't what fighting for freedom looks like. It looks like this. Okay, it might also look like this because these people are protesting peacefully mm. and nothing has happened. That's not their fault. Yeah, that's true. That's the government's fault that they're not stepping in. Like, and also the truck drivers run the world <laughs> and we're seeing it now. It's pretty scary when all the truck drivers say, oh, we're not going to deliver anything anymore. Grocery stores get empty. Gas stations stop having gas. Nobody drives anymore. Nobody's eating anymore. The world will come to a halt. Yeah. And so like, that's a power move that the government's like, Oh, we, I don't know what to do here. So it's like, what? Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's massive. I, you know, I don't know what else to say about that, but that was kind of the, the knock on it was that it was like this blanket statement of racism that you guys were all like white supremacy, even though apparently a massive part of truck drivers in Canada are Sikhs. I don't really, you know what I'm saying? I don't know what a Sikh is. I, I think a Sikh is like a Middle Eastern okay. somewhere. I'm okay. a fucking moron. I'm sorry. But yeah, some kind of Middle Eastern okay. culture. Yeah. There's um, a lot of like Punjabi like yeah. from India, like truck yeah. drivers. There, there is. And keep in mind, I actually saw a lot of indigenous people. Like I've been watching some of the TikToks. They're involved as well. Not all of them, of course, but there's some indigenous people. I saw <laughs> quite a few black people there. So like, it's not just a bunch of white supremacists. The thing that scares me though, and we remember like when uh, there was proof of these peaceful protests happening and there was hired police officers. Agent provocateurs? Yeah. So the government can't step in with force if it's a peaceful protest. That is your right to protest peacefully. But if you hire even one person and you tell them to put a mask on and throw a brick through a window, now you got them. That's, that's violence, so you're going to step in with riot patrol. Exactly. It's no longer a peaceful protest, so we come in as an authority. So what scares me is that they're going to show up to Ottawa, and that's going to happen. Start wrecking shit. Because if you look at the contract, and like the media will spin it out saying, oh yeah, this is another thing the media did. They were like, um, there's like a small fringe group of a bunch of like, you know, um, racist truckers. They said a small fringe. They did like a poll. 85% of Canadians agree with this movement right now. They raised $5 million 
That's not a small fringe. They have over a hundred thousand truck drivers with massive support in every city. So where does that $5 million go? That's so that that's like black lives matter. I don't know if you heard this. There was a GoFundMe. that GoFundMe didn't go to help black people. So like this happens a lot. It's not just with these truckers. Like it's like these people will, I, and I, I don't know where the money goes. Um, if, 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 people are telling the truth in this lady that started it, it's it probably not going anywhere good, but I, I don't really know. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. Like if she is like a racist person, then fuck her. Like she's a con artist. But I, again, I don't know. So, you know, I can't talk too much about that, but with, with the whole, this isn't what, um, whatever looks like. What did they say? This isn't what a protest looks like. Right. Why do we have to look for the negative? There's a positive movement The people are coming together. Why do we have to try to tear it apart? With the negative, you know, that bothers that, me. Yeah, and that's what I mean. Like, it's it's just, um, I don't know, man. It's just a bummer when you when you see so many people try to stand up and then you 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 remove the power of this movement and you just say, well, what about this? Okay, yeah, what about that? Like, that's fucked up, but also this can be good. We can care about this and also this. Exactly, yeah. And like, I, yeah, Russell Brand was going on a bit of a rant about this. Just the... The blanket statements like, dude, yeah. there's people at our gym that went to that protest. I'm not going to say who they are. They're beautiful people. I love to, them. To which protest? To the truck driver. Oh, thing. yeah. They were in full support. They were bringing... I have someone in my family who's who went to one and is going to one tomorrow. Are they bad people? Great people. They racist? And they also said, because I talked to one of them yesterday, they said when they were there, it was so refreshing because I'm not going to name who these people are, but somebody who I'm related to, they, they didn't want to get the vaccine. So they're at a point where their kids are starting to get bullied in school now. They've, they're starting to take a lot of heat from this mm. and it's really affecting them. And they went out to this thing because they can't go out to eat at a restaurant for God's sake. Right. And they said it was so refreshing because everybody there was so nice and everybody there was just in unity together. Yeah. Talking, being together. It's and cool, man. Just this positive energy. And they said it was just so like refreshing. Yeah. So yes, yes. And that's, that's how big change happens. Like when you have a peaceful protest and you have that many people, you get heard, yeah. you know, and, and yeah, not to go on too much of a tangent, but I, I did recently see that there was, there was 16,000 doctors signing a petition, not against vaccines, but to vaccinate healthy children. Like there was a bunch of things that a lot of doctors are kind of putting the brakes on being like, we don't agree with this. Like these aren't good medical practices. Like we're a little bit uncomfortable with this. So it's like, there's a lot of people that are kind of starting to put the brakes on this and be like, oh, we need to speak up and maybe watch what we're doing. And so I think a lot of these people that are going to support this, like they might have kids and they might be like, I don't want to make my kid take that. I don't feel like they need it. And how else are we supposed to fight for what we believe in? Like we got to, we got to speak up. We got to come together. Yeah. Like that's the only way how, and like with this whole truck rally, are they just like driving around and convoying together just, just to make a statement? Is that kind of the thing? So for one, they're not delivering groceries and gas. So you'll, you'll see in there. I saw a few videos of certain grocery stores are getting a little slim, like a little naked. Talk to somebody today coming from PA. They said it's getting pretty sleek out in PA. It's, it's scary, man. And so you, you get heard real quick when you can't put gasoline in your vehicle and feed your family. Yeah. And so like they're, they're, for one, they're making a stand in that regard Two, they're actually going to Ottawa where Justin Trudeau was and Justin Trudeau just got COVID and is in quarantine now. He just announced it yesterday. 
very convenient. Now, I will give him the benefit of the doubt because our whole gym just shut down on our own accord because we all, pretty much all of us had COVID. It was like 50% of us had Crazy. COVID. All the coaches did. So I will give him, the, I, I know I've had a sharp tongue towards Trudeau. I don't want to <laughs> fucking get into that too much. Um, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt of having COVID and actually not being able to face this challenge head on. But I will also say, do you remember the recent Indigenous Day? It was like the first time, like reconciliation. Like there was a bunch of dead bodies being found under churches. There was a day to celebrate Indigenous. Justin Trudeau fucked off and went to some beach in like on like one of the most important days. Really? And he just went somewhere to like hang out in the sun. And then he just comes back and is like, sorry, I just didn't give a shit about the day yeah that's what he did yeah and so he'll just say sorry again yeah. and so yeah it's it's tough when yeah. so they're they're going to ottawa for that reason they just want to be like hey look mm. you know you you force us into a position that we don't feel comfortable with this and we're making a stand yeah. and again 85 percent of those people are vaccinated they just don't want the mandates yeah so i think that's the, what the big movement is for and so it's basically they're saying we want to continue to truck drive and we don't if we don't want to get vaccinated, we don't have to get vaccinated. But yeah. We want to keep working. Yeah. Much, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. This shit is ridiculous. So that's the kind of pressure they're putting on the truck drivers. They're saying, well, groceries don't deliver, get delivered if you don't want to get vaccinated. That's what Trudeau's doing. Yeah. Yeah. What a joke, man. It's crazy. Even when, again, like a lot of them are vaccinated. Like Dr. Robert Malone, the guy that took so much heat on Rogan's podcast, he was vaccinated. Like these people, exactly. are, they just don't want the mandates. Yeah. That's the thing. They don't want to be forcing people, especially children, to be getting this. And so that's why I, I think you're seeing like such a big push and you see Ireland and a lot of countries literally treating COVID like the flu. Now they're like, we're yeah. done with this. Yeah. This is the flu. And why can't we be logical? Yes, there's exceptions, but for the most part, it's the sniffles for a couple days. And now if you're in contact with somebody, you can't go to work. Like it is affecting the economy It's affecting people's lives in a major way. Yeah. Let's get over the bullshit and stop this shit. It's like, why is it like, like turning around a battleship to make these decisions? Let's just be reasonable, logical leaders. Especially when you right? like, yeah, especially when you don't look at the news and you look at what happens in reality. There are exceptions as always. But if you look at our gym, like I said, about 50% of our gym had COVID. We were all pretty much back to normal after five days. We all pretty much had just cold symptoms you know, like stuffy nose, a cough, a lot of phlegm, like maybe one or two days of a fever, and then we would get over it. Like nobody went to the hospital. Nobody had any serious symptoms. Nobody died. And that that's a pretty large portion, but we're also all in pretty good shape. I just saw another, um, he's like a, one of the best Muay Thai coaches in the world. Uh, he made a post and he was talking about do you know that redhead that kind of is in, in charge of the Biden administration? This, this interviewer asked her a question. She said, we're two years into this pandemic. Why has the Biden administration not talked about health, healthy lifestyles at all? It, it, and and the, her response was, we just follow what the health administration says. And that's get vaccinated, get boosted and wear a mask. So far, we haven't heard anything about healthy lifestyle. Are you insane? I feel like I've seen articles of like how important it is to like have a good healthy lifestyle to like overcome this. And sometimes we see it at gyms when a bunch of people get it. Again, there's the exception, of course, but there always will be with any situation. And here's the thing with our, with our gym, we have responsible 
owners who, when they think it's getting out of hand, they will shut the doors for a week and yeah. take the onus to make that decision as the leaders of the facility. Yeah. Also, four years ago when things were normal and nobody knew what COVID-19 was, every winter, a cold would go around, a flu would go around, half the people in the gym would get sick. Right. So this, like, nothing has changed here. We just have sexy names for these new symptoms. We've become, like, neurotic with being sick. Like when people get sick now, they like panic and think they need to go to the hospital and take a bunch of tests. But it's like, just be sick and get better and then continue living. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. So we just had to do something with the podcast. We're having some uh, anchor issues. But anyway, going back to the trucker thing and then we'll maybe get off this. I wanted to try to be careful with how I was talking about it and not say like, like the left and the right and, and, and give these like blanket statements just cause man, there's so much division. I think the reason I wanted to point this out was because a lot of people are blanket state, like just having this like broad story about this one lady who started to go fund me, who they're calling racist. And then they just label every trucker and everyone who's a part of this movement racist. And I, the point I wanted to make was that, it's not the protesters fault how the government responds to your protest. Like people protest and I'm sure the truckers and these people were ready for resistance, but it didn't happen. Is that their fault? It's not. It sucks that indigenous people get treated the way they do when they protest. I've seen the videos. It's fucking horrific. Again, it sucks. Maybe the government's racist in some ways. Maybe they're corrupt, but it's not the, this, this freedom convoy's fault. Like they're protesting with what they think is just. There's a bunch of different races involved. Everyone's coming together. Seems to me like a pretty powerful, cool thing. I dig it. But the thing that scares me is I did see some videos and this is always the tough thing. You don't know if people are like hired to do this. I saw like a, like a, like a mannequin hanging with like hanging in a noose and it just said, fuck Trudeau. And it like, like that type of shit. In the contract of this freedom convoy, it says like, do not cause violence. We have to be peaceful. We don't block uh, emergency vehicles. We, if, if anybody needs to get by, we're not trying to stop traffic. You can go by, we will let you by. We will help people if we see that you're stuck. Like we're not here to cause disruption. Yes. My fear is that these people are gonna get hired to make some kind of violent act happen and then the riot police come in just like Black Lives Matter. You see that protest. There were bricks laid out. Do you remember seeing yeah. pallets of bricks being placed? Yeah, being placed, not even just seeing them there, but seeing like the government FBI people drop them off. Yeah. There's video of it and we There's just video it. of it, dude. Like it's, yeah. it's insane to me. So like we have to understand that like we're playing with, I don't know what other word to use other than gangsters. Yeah. Like they, they know how to get what they want and they will do almost yeah. anything to get it, including That's, laying bricks there to be like, Hey, like, are you drunk? You want to throw a brick through a window so we can fuck shit up with our riot police? Yeah. They know how to stop these types of peaceful protests and that's how yeah it's it's crazy but there, and there's always going to be bad apples i'm sure there are some people in that movement that are shitty people just like in the black lives matter protests i'm sure there was horrible shitty people in there 
all protests, when you get a large number of people, there's going to be some bad apples. But I think for the majority of those people are awesome Canadians and Americans that just don't want to be forced to do something. It's just people in numbers. You grab any group of 500 people, there's going to be a couple shitheads. Yeah. Whether they're protesting or whether they're just doing anything. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't know. We need to... We need to stop looking at the negative shit. It's like, this is a positive movement. You know, it's not, it's not set to neglect other movements. Like one right. thing at a time, like, yeah. you know, let's not try to pick everything apart and look for the negative. It's just, yeah, it's exhausting. But I get it. Like I said, like, man, it's one of the, you know, I, fuck, I get, I get triggered, dude, the other day. <laughs> so I saw something on Instagram that it just got to me, man. It, it kind of, it got to me and I'm like, you know what? I want to change my, um, uh, I don't know how to say it other than physiological physiology. I wanted to change my body. I wanted okay. to change the chemicals. Yeah, going change on your in physiology, body. I believe. Yeah. Okay. So I wanted to do that. So I was like, I'm, I can tell that I'm triggered. I'm emotional. I'm going to do the Wim Hof. I'm already raging mad. And then I start going, I'm getting more mad. <laughs> just revving up the engine. Dude, I was like, oh, abort mission. I got to stop this. I, so I stopped the Wim Hof and I went to another tool. I put on my 10 minute guided meditation. This girl has a lovely voice. I've been doing it for like a year and a half. That's what I needed. After, I felt super calm. So I, I will tell people, like, I think a lot of us are going through the same thing where maybe we didn't pay so much attention to politics. And now all of a sudden when times are tough, we see the importance of leadership and we start to see all these triggering things. New emotions are arising. We don't know how to handle it. We want to word vomit. We want to share memes. You know, we want to like pick a side and like fuck the other side. And we all have this public voice now that yeah. we, can, we can make statements without any consequences. Right. So everybody has a statement to make. So I get it. It's tough, man. It really is. I find it, I find it very challenging to learn about politics and not get emotional, but I'm, I'm doing my best. Yeah, we live in a, it's a complicated time, man. It really is. Like, I know we're in the midst of it, but these last few years, especially, it's like, there's a lot of shit, a lot of turmoil happening like, yeah. right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. With that being said, though, I, man, like going back, like one of my mantras was focus. I added another one to be the observer. And that when I'm looking at politics and stuff, I want to be more of like an observer, but just going back to focus, man, I've been like. I've been really enjoying the amount of people coming to see me for private lessons. And so like, I have this like weird thing where it's like, I sometimes I'll go down these rabbit holes of like, you know, maybe learning a little bit about politics or watching a video or listening to a podcast, but it feels comforting knowing that like my passion and like what I love to do and how I earn my money is still like this rock that I love. Mm -hmm. And I can come back to that and people are like pumped to see me hold mm -hmm. pat. Like I gave a yellow belt to Kylie today and I was like, it was fucking sweet. Like yeah. how pumped she was. So yeah, I love that I have that part in my life and a lot of other amazing parts. But yeah. yeah, every now and then I'll get pulled into this vortex where I'm like, oh my God, it's scary, dude. You need some sort of meaningful work to keep you anchored, right? Yeah. And going off that, I forget who said this. I forget who said it, but I'm going to steal it. They said if you don't have like a meaningful job or like you don't have this kind of sense of purpose or this thing that you're passionate about you'll get far more addicted to like little pleasures like likes on Instagram or watching too much porn or Netflix or like junk food, these little like surface level immediate gratification things. But they said, if you have like these, you know, like if you love what you do, you're a little bit like less likely to get attached to that type of shit. Cause you're just, you get joy from like 
helping someone with a jujitsu technique, a Muay Thai technique, or like helping someone buy a house. And you see like when they're pumped, they sell, sold their house and they got a bit of money out of it. It's like you get joy from like these bigger things than like this like little surface level dopamine hits. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like you have a responsibility. You, you have meaningful, purposeful work. And like, yeah, that's the staple. That's the anchor, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, just to leave it on a bit of a positive note. Please. Completely random. Yep. And then we'll, we'll finish or yep. we'll call it a day. I was getting a haircut last week. And um, yeah, this is completely off topic, but, but good. Maybe for the... Maybe that's for what the you kid. did to your hair? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, take your toque off. Let's see how your hair looks. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, not too bad. It's like not a, bad. It's like a '90s wrestler, <laughs> Jake the Snake. Yeah. Um, um, anyways, she asked what I did on New Year's Eve. I said, you know, not much. Um, kept it pretty chill. Asked what she did. She said she did acid. I said, oh, nice. cool. Said first time. She said it was her second time doing acid. And then she, we were talking about psychedelics and um, like mushrooms, acid. And she's like, have you ever heard of the gaze? I was like the gay. At first, I thought she meant like plural, like homosexual. Yeah, like yeah. like are they like? <laughs> yeah, they're rampant these days. Yeah, I've heard of them. Have you heard of the gays? I was like, what do you mean? So she kind of explained. She's like, like on acid or, or she actually hadn't done mushrooms, but she's like, when you just have this like connection, you're like dialed with somebody, and you're like on the same frequency. Mm. And I was like, totally. I was like, I never knew it had a term, right? But I thought about you and I. It's like coming down from mushrooms. Yeah, it's almost like you're sh- you're on the same brave uh, wavelength on the same frequency, <laughs> and you don't even have to talk. You know what the other person's about to say, and, and we could we totally had that right. It's like they're about to they're saying something. You're like I already know what you're gonna 100%. say. Like I feel you, brother, man. And that's what who uh, we talked about before. Somebody said like it like. Th- if you haven't done these substances, this doesn't make any sense. And you're like, you guys sound like drug addicts. Yeah. But they're like, if you've done these substances and you've had those connections or a gaze, <laughs> such a funny term, then that's almost seems to be what the world needs right now. Is this like connectedness that we don't even need to almost speak language. We just feel connected mm-hmm. in some way. Because right now, even if something beautiful happens online, it's like, ah, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Yeah, it's like no matter what it is, people are like, "Ah, you're a fucking loser." Yeah, it's like there's just this constant like, yeah, like negativity or something. Like, there's a lot of love out there. I don't want to make it seem that bad, but it almost seems like there needs to be some kind of like worldwide connection in some way. Terrence McKenna wanted everyone on mushrooms at the same time. He's like, that would cure the world more than just bickering and and debating and talking communicating yeah like let's feel something together yeah and i think it comes from like the gaze like if you can like look into someone's eyes and feel that connection it's like you're gazing at each other i think that's what you meant by it right but me and my my friend from college when we did mushrooms very similar to what you and i experienced we were just on a balcony looking into the sunset literally for like three hours just kind of giggling and smiling and we would just look at each other and be like yeah yeah yeah. And we just, we, we didn't have to talk. We just knew. Right. It was a feeling. It was a vibe. There was no communication. We're just like, yeah, we know. We know. <laughs> so I, I, I think, uh, I think Aaron's okay with me saying this now. Cause she said I could before, but I didn't on the one side of the <laughs> podcast. So maybe I'll ask her before he posts this, I can edit it. But when I did acid, like the, the, the last time we talked about on the podcast, I think it was this summer, right? 
yeah yeah last summer we had that where we were in the van for like two hours and i was petting her face we were both just nothing even need to be said i think we had some music playing and we were at the van we didn't have our dogs to look after so like we just really like relaxed mm-hmm. and we, we did some lsd and i'm like petting her face and then she turned over like just to like kind of reposition herself and i was like there's a whole other side to your face that i get to pet and it was like this weird connection that we were both like just these like monkeys these primal like animals that were just connecting in this weird way and we almost got matching tattoos over the holiday uh, to symbolize that we're gonna have like like kind of like this arm with outlines. Yeah. We're gonna have like a her like a woman's face with like an outline of a hand over top. That's of pretty it. cool. Yeah. But yeah, we just we didn't like the art that we were showing, ah, so we just we kind of were like let's really? wait a little bit. Yeah. yeah. That'd, that'd be we a were, tricky one. That'd be a tricky art to yeah. to get right. Yeah. But but yeah. but, but it, you know whether it's acid whether it's mushrooms with the Dr. Rick Strassman's and they were actually talking about this on when Jordan Peterson was on Rogan recently, but yeah. Rick Strassman the book the uh, the spirit molecule about DMT when they did these clinical trials with people doing this dimethyltryptamine in a responsible way not only were they coming back saying that they were in a d- another dimension and seeing all these colors that didn't exist here and you know they had access to senses we don't have access to they were saying it was more real than this than this life and, and like qualified people numerous people everybody they're like what I experienced was more real than what we're experiencing now here sober. And it's, you will never understand that unless you do these kind of yeah. things because you sound crazy because our brains can't comprehend it just based on observation. Yeah. Well, what I think in that book, he said something like 80% of the eight to 900 patients that he injected with DMT said that that was the most significant moment of their lives. It had that big of an impact mm. that whatever they did and wherever they went, had that much of an impact where they're like, I'll never forget whatever I just saw on the other end of this. Profound. Powerful. Powerful. Let's end it on that. Let's end it deep on shit. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. Episode 47. I feel much better about this one than last one. Good. <laughs> <laughs> uh...